0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo King's Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Dean, and we're here to discuss Chelsea's FA Cup semi-final victory against Manchester City at the Academy Stadium on Sunday, October the 31st. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Dane. Dane, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, good. It's been a great weekend for uh, for Chelsea teams, men's and women's, both going
0: away and winning 3-0, quite comfortably on both accounts as well. Yeah, it's been a great weekend. It has been a good weekend for Chelsea. Uh, no, Jane, she was at the game today. Uh, I'm hoping that she's recorded some sort of audio message from her experience. Uh, if she has, you're going to hear it now. And if she hasn't, then you're just hearing me again. So, yeah, we'll see about that one. Uh, we're also joined by Harry Edwards again. Harry, welcome back to the show. How are you?
2: Thanks, thanks for having me back on. I'm, I'm obviously I'm no Jane, but I'll try to do my best mm-hmm. to to feel her very big and well great boots i don't want to you know say big shoes as if she's got big feet i'm not but you know her very capable boots um i'm good like like they said um great weekend really um and uh a really big win today and i'm looking forward to to get into it
0: yeah much more fragile hair than Jane. i think I'll fair to say uh but yeah I've and a worse hairline, hairline. Yeah, we're not talking about James since she's a hairdresser. We'll leave that. Um, we'll just say it's lovely. Uh, I'll go through the lineup of the stats and then we'll get into some talk about the match. So, Chelsea lined up in a 3 4 3 in the end with Berger in goal, Bright, Nguyen, Ericsson in defence, Carter, Ingle, Luitpoles, Brighton in midfield, uh, with Kirby and Kerr up front. Then they had, and Cuthbert, sorry, missed out a player there. What you do when you handwrite notes. Uh, subs wise they brought on Bethany England for Sam Kerr in the 58th minute Drew Spence for many Leopolds and Jesse Fleming for Guru Wrighton in the 72nd minute and then Neve Charles replaced Frank Kirby in the 79th minute that left Kira Micevic Jisa Young Lauren James John Anderson and Georgia Fox as unused substitutes and stats wise from the BBC we had 54% possession 17 shots 10 on target 5 corners and 8 fouls Dane uh, quite the I don't want to say meltdown, but controversy when the lineup dropped and there was no clear the harder, despite Emma saying she was fully fit on Friday. What did you make of that when the lineup dropped?
1: Yeah, I just presumed that uh, that Emma was just you know being diplomatic when 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 she said uh, days ago that she was fine, and then she was carrying a knock. She obviously didn't want to play her cards too early for you know for, for the tactical awareness of Man City manager to work around and whether she was ever in contention or not but you know emma seems quite honest and she just said no she felt a little bit felt a little bit the injury was coming back to to, to bite uh the day before and yeah you know it's just i i messaged you a few times didn't you know, i couldn't work out where i, I where carter was playing uh a new one and we was uh, sort of come to terms it in the end after we we realized after five or ten minutes but yeah it was sort of a the team, I thought it was nicely Cuthbert in, in 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 a more uh, natural position. Although I I, I do believe she she's she'd been pretty superb at right wing back so far this season. Yeah yeah, no calms. I liked the uh, you know the solidarity of Ingle and Loopholes. You know just to just to sit there and you know you, you know do that job screening the defence. Uh, Loopholes a little bit higher than Ingle, but yeah yeah, I was quite happy with the team.
0: Yeah, on our prediction show or preview show, Harry, we previewed the game. Obviously, we predicted the team. We were 10 out of 11 right. The one wrong was obviously clear Harden not playing. Was it a surprise that it was Nguyen that replaced her and we shuffled the whole team around rather than someone like G or, or Jesse Fleming coming in? I know that Emma explained after the game why she did that, but was it a surprise at that time that she'd done that? Well, when
2: I, when I first saw the team sheet... Um i didn't actually see that harder wasn't on there so like as you go down she's one of the bottom names on the list because they do it numerically so i saw um briar erickson knowing um carter um writing and cough and i was thinking right what's she doing here you know has she gone i think everyone on tour was like, has she gone four at the back is she, you know is she is she sticking with free then who's playing where um I think we, we had spoken on the talking tactics pod about um, now and in coming back in. And I think it's probably all what we wanted to see. So it was nice to see that. But like you, like you said, um, you know, I am firmly in the Jesse Fleming should start camp. So anytime that she's not starting, I know it's a big game and there were um, like outside circumstances because of when she came back from Canada um, I'd like to see her play more but you know Cuthbert did a great job in, a, in an advanced position so who are we to question Emma Hayes that's a great yes. point though Harry yeah but now I can
1: remember I, I was exactly the same as you I just presumed Harder was in there and when I that's what confused me Carter because I just saw Cuthbert's name and thought oh she's right wing back uh, yeah. so where is Carter playing but like you yeah it took me a while to realise that Harder wasn't in fact playing yeah when
0: we were obviously talk about it before the game sort of I made two lineups, one had a back four, one had a back three. Then we saw in I think the warm-up, Chelsea always line up how they're gonna play to do their little drills. And it became apparent that Jess Carter was going to play wing back. David was you concerned about her going up against Lauren Hemp before kickoff?
1: Yes. Yeah uh, uh... <laughs> You know, I'm, I, I'm always open-minded with with, with, with with football and, you know, I, there's not a, a massive hatred for, for for rival players or some annoy me, like like most, not as much as the men. Uh, I'm a big fan of Lauren Hemp, uh, she's dangerous. Emma Hayes, after the game, called her world-class. Uh, and, yeah, as the game went on, it was clearly the only attacking threat was coming from her. Uh, are we going to get into Jess Carter's overall performance now or, or are we leaving that to her later?
0: We'll save that for a bit later on. What I'll just do now is I'll read Emma Hayes' quote from after the game about uh, why she started without G and Jesse Fleming because otherwise I won't find it later. Uh, so she's speaking about playing Sam Kerr as well. So she says, we decided to start with Sam instead of Beth today because I never felt Sam would be able to come in from the bench because she took a flight from Sydney. I think that was a good decision. I think the same with Jessie Fleming. We knew she'd had a big flight from America. G hasn't quite recovered, so we may had to move a lot of things around. I thought the game management, the people management, I think we got all of that right today. Um, Harry, obviously, after you win 3-0, you can say you've got everything right, which is fair enough. Did it really feel like that, though? Was it To me, it wasn't a 3-0 game, is what I'm trying to say.
2: No, no, I agree. Um, comfortable in the scoreline. Comfortable second half, you know. Once we had the two goal cushion and the control, but although um, you know you commend Cuthbert and lifepolts for their for their goals, Cuthbert's was brilliant. We did get quite fortunate with two, you know, goalkeeping errors. You know, like I think anyone would have to put their hands up and say a better goalkeeper probably stops them both. Um, but and I think it was you know, the goal that really shocked, shocked Man City and then that allowed us to take control because we, we I didn't like how, how little pressure we put on the Man City defence in like the first 15, 20 minutes considering, you know, half of their back four aren't actually defenders, you know, and we've got Jill Scott playing centre-back and Janine Becky, she can defend, but, you know, she's not a right-back and I, I, I wanted us to get at them from the start and they had, Man City, I think, for me at least, actually looked um, more like scoring in like the opening 10-15 minutes before we started
0: getting really into the game. Yeah, you talk about better goalkeepers saving the goals and City obviously had two in the stands that can't play uh, in their squad of injured players. Um, talking about the opening of the game then, like you said... City had the better of that opening sort of 10-15 minutes to me Harry it seemed sort of from my untrained eye that Chelsea weren't sure whether to exert themselves on City or to sit back and then try and counter what did you make of the way they approached the opening of the game was they just sort of feeling City out
2: yeah I think um, again quickly going back to the formation we were talking about there were times where I could like I couldn't tell whether it was a back three or a back four, um, because I think they were, they were trying to be so fluid, like sometimes had Magda pushing up right, left back, um, right and was playing as a winger essentially, and I think that kind of maybe um, hindered Chelsea a little bit in trying to work out what to do, and it wasn't until um, they sorted out what was going on, and um, you got Kirby and Curry into the game more well, with a pressing high. That was when, um, you know, we finally took control. So I think it took some time to work out how to play the formation, and then see, and also to see that City weren't um, given anything really in, in attack apart from Hemp. Then, then Hayes let let them loose.
0: Yeah, Dan, I think this is the time to let you jump in here on Chelsea's back three, back four. Um, oh, I did. Eight. I know I you want to you own special moment. Early, so, tee it up now. <laughs> this is your moment. Take well, it yeah,
1: away. Yeah, I sent you a message, Dean. I and uh, I said, was it a three or a four? And, and and you give your opinion. And I said, well, keep your eye on, on Carter and Wrighton because they definitely wasn't. If you put a straight line, they definitely wasn't in line. Uh, Carter was w- was very deep, where, where Wrighton was was a lot further up, and it seemed like they shifted, you know, in possession three, even shift over for four, uh, out of possession and. She did actually Emma confirmed that afterwards, didn't she? She said it wasn't a three- or four, it was a hybrid of, of, of both. And a lot more teams are doing this. Uh, some of the coaches, a lot of international managers have been doing it over the last couple of years. If you're a watcher of the men's game, then you'll see Chelsea do that a lot as well. Chill will or sudden just be sitting in in like Georgino's position in, in center midfield, or or Reese James will be. And yeah, it's it's just you know, obviously all these tactical awareness of trying to get your one, one, one over, you know, the opposition. And yeah, they w- was never in line. So yeah, we, 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 we noticed that quite early on.
0: Yeah, and I think it's like Harry said, with Hemp being City's only attacking output, um, you know, Ellen White and, and Bunny Shaw were pretty stationary up top. They could afford to be unbalanced in the sense that Jess didn't need to go forward. She could stay and mark Lauren one-on-one whereas we could release the left-hand side and have that as our attacking outlet on the other end of the pitch. And when it became apparent that, you know, especially after the first goal that City had nothing really to bother Chelsea, I think they settled more into a three and played their game a lot better than they did in the opening exchanges. And we saw a better Chelsea performance from that. yeah, I don't think
1: uh, Man City was was in the game as much as you know the co-commentators or or you know the commentators were actually were actually alluding to. I think you know they were hurrying, they were pressing, they they were trying to find a way into the game, but they didn't really have any chances. If you think the first big chance fell to uh, Kirby, who who missed, you know. It was a header. It was could have directed it better, but I think we had two open chances before they got anywhere anywhere near our box. So you know, I was I was quite comfortable, and I didn't think as, as we already said it was, it was Lauren Lauren came who who was clearly the danger. But early on, Jess was was doing a good job on her. I thought.
0: Yeah, I, I do feel like though the first goal did change the game. Uh, obviously, a great finish from from Aaron Cuff, but I think we spoke about. Goalkeeper probably should have saved it, but we're luckily that the third choice city goalkeeper was nowhere near it. Um, For me, how it did change the game though, because before that I felt like we were playing with a back seven and then a forward three, um, and there was no real connection there between the team. But after that goal, I think we opened up a bit more, we were a bit more expansive. Leopold's got forward a lot more, even Sophie Ingle got forward a lot more. What was your take on after the goal and, and how things panned out from that?
2: I think you could see in the in the aftermath of the celebration um, and you saw it from, from reporters that, that were at the game like reporting it that hey, Emma Hayes had a chat with Jess Carter like instructing her and you could see, I think it was for holding four fingers up which made everyone think that we were going to the back four but like you said, it was the back three and then I think that the consistency in that formation did allow... Um, Lloyd Parks and Ingle to, to dominate the game more and have a more I guess more structure in the attack as well so Kerr, Kirby, and Wright and if you want to include her as well they, they knew their jobs um, and I think that they could see the weakness in Man City's defence and that's when the press started and quickly skipping forward just a little I think after the second goal you can see it when Kirby takes a shot from an angle that she shouldn't be shooting from, realistically, um, like basically right, right next to the post where the pass should be the better option. But she had seen the weakness in the goalkeeper, and I think that that mistake for the first goal just switched everyone on.
0: Yeah, I think I did tweet actually that we should shoot whenever we get the ball after the second goal uh, because it felt like the thing to do. Then let's quickly go back to Aaron Cuff, but because. Obviously, you spoke about already being very good at right wing back. She moved forward today. And again, she was excellent, probably the player of the match. Um, I've not seen the final polls yet from the votes, but you know her versatility is her greatest asset. And some people say that could be a weakness, but I don't think that's in any case whatsoever, is it?
1: No, no. Uh, another one of her greatest assets, I think, is uh, she doesn't go missing in games. You know, sometimes, I don't know if I'm being too harsh on Guru Wrighton, but, it, you know, that first half, we didn't see a lot from her, but Erin's always demanding the ball, always wants to be involved. She's got a great engine. You know, she's 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 very dangerous and maybe a bit harsh on on on, on Fran. I said a little while ago that Fran, Fran's header should have been directed better. You also forget that Erin put a beautiful ball in for Nguyen who was free in the six yard box and she headed it wide when she should have actually scored, you know, apart from that, that's my only grumble from Nguyen. I thought she was fantastic. And I've uh, since realised that I really like Nguyen in this team, but yeah, Erin, I I uh, remember us talking about her at the beginning of the season and saying she, she, you know, a lot last season, she was, she was the 12th or 13th player and she would have to earn her position on merit and she would have to perform better than, and other players, uh, to stay in there, uh, you know, because we know if, you know, Kerr, Kirby or Harder maybe have a couple of average games, then they're still likely to play. Uh, but Erin has to perform every game to keep her place and she is doing that. And, you know, she's been one of our outstanding players so far this season.
0: Yeah, she, for me, she's in the... I say she's in the top three for the player of the season so far. Going back to the, the second goal, Harry... Obviously, Liverpool's a lot further up the pitch now at the edge of the box, releases a a good left foot strike, but probably not the best one she's ever hit in her life, goes into the bottom corner. You felt that sort of killed City, really, didn't it? And it was obviously 2-0 after half an hour. But for me, what it highlighted was the first 15 minutes, we felt City out, we knew where we could play the ball. We made that change in the game and then went on and scored two goals. How important is that for you given what we saw last season? Like in the Champions League, we played a full 90 minutes and then assessed what our opponent was doing, come back in the second leg and blew them apart. We're learning and developing, aren't we, as a team that we can do that within a game within the first half?
2: Yeah. Um, and like you said with the Champions League last season, there were times where we were overrunning midfield in in the first leg and then corrected it. And I wouldn't say we were overrunning midfield this time um, in this game, but um once you know, once we had felt City out, um Lippertz and Ingle knew what they could do. And and Lippertz's goal came not even from, from high press. Um Demi Stokes just had a a poor header. Um but Loypolts was there. You know, she was in the position on the edge of the area to um challenge I think it was Caroline Weir for the ball. Yeah, yeah, she wanted um, a bit more, yeah. Yeah. To, but because she like the team had seen what City would almost allow them to do because of the lack of a confidence in their in their own team, you know, the Chelsea midfield knew that they can press that high up. And, you know, if if they get caught out, I think we've said it a few times, White and Shaw weren't really going to do anything on the counter. I think there was one chance in the first half near the end where I think it was and got caught out one of like the only negative I could think of her game. Um, I think it was Laura Coombs running onto the ball and they got it wrong. Um, but other than that I think I think it was good you know a good we talk um, probably not the, not the perfect performance, but it was it's a good learning point for this for the rest of the season um, to, you know, hopefully go do even better than we did last season.
1: I thought uh, Carter really grew into the game as well. I thought, you know, as we already sort of said, a lot of us was feeling out Man City for the first 10, 15 minutes. But once Carter grew in, I think she really grew into the first half, second half. You know, we'll discuss in a little while. But the first half, she started to push uh, Kemp all the way back, so Kemp was like literally defending the last 15 minutes of that first half. And I thought, you know, as uh, that was thanks to you know how well Jess grew into that first half.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get into Carter later. Let's stick with the positive um, of the performance overall first. Um, Dane, sorry, Harry mentioned there about City's mentality, and you saw that evidently after the second goal because. They had nothing left in that first half. Um, and Chelsea sort of dominated the rest of the game up to the half time. But then after that, the second half, obviously they had their 10 minutes of having a go, but they weren't really in it, were they?
1: No, again, it was Lauren Hemp. Uh, yeah, sorry, Lauren. She really stepped up uh, her, her game in the second half, you know, pushing Carter back, uh, looking dangerous didn't seem like she, she she was trusting her fellow uh, forwards because she wasn't actually looking for him it was almost like i can do it on myself you know she turned jess one time and left uh, well, a bit harsh on melanie little but you know and, and then she tried to cut in and then it just sort of scuffed away i think millie bright got in the way but she looked so dangerous for 15 20 minutes but again it was just only her you know we was doing a quite a good job you know uh, and again, we always, you always felt we could step up a gear as, uh, as we alluded to earlier. they got a patched-up defence. I always wondered if we could have, on another day, if we could have pushed Jill Scott more. You know, a lack of pace. You know, put Kerr uh, right in behind uh, Alex Greenwood. You know, she she is a left back or a centre back. You know, I think she does does a good job. You know, either position. So I wouldn't say she was too much out of position. You know, we've seen her more at left back. She's good in possession of the ball. She can spray balls round. I thought Janine Becky was quite good. She was quite good for the first thirty minutes of the first half. I think she was the. You said a minute ago. I think I'm sure she was the one who put the ball over for for the Man City player. But I think she got caught in her heels uh, and and stumbled over. But yeah, there wasn't. You know, there wasn't a lot. It was only it was only uh Lauren really who who was ever going to look dangerous. And she did, did give. Uh, Jessica Carter a time for that, probably the first fifteen minutes of the uh, second half. But she she was on her own, to be to be fair to her.
0: Yeah, and the game had opened up, Harry, hadn't it? And I think that was pretty easy for Chelsea to manage in a sense that they could, you know, at any moment turn it on, and, and they did a couple of times. There's one chance where Capper had a shot saved, where they broke away and really played through City. Did you feel like that as well, watching the second half? That Chelsea were more comfortable obviously having a 2-0 lead makes you more comfortable but the way the game was being played was in Chelsea's favour.
2: Yeah, I think um the reason Man City maybe looked like they had more more chances and they well it was just they had five shots in the second half but only one on target. Um but the reason they they had that is because you know we we kind of let them. I think we were happy to to sit back to let them, you know, slowly br- bring their way up the pitch to then hit on the counter. Um, because we had that 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 two goal lead, we we knew we could protect that. I think we knew, um, like Dane said, you know, Hemp. By that point, she was fed up with her with her other attackers. You know, she if someone was going to score, it was going to be her. Like and I think she she knew that as well. So you know what, what's the point in passing to them? I've got to do this all myself. And I think that that also played in into our advantage. Um, and like I said, there were a couple of chances. I think Wrighton had a there were a couple of times where Wrighton got down down the wing. And the only thing that was missing was the final ball. Um, we on the on another day we probably could have scored another three or four in the second half if we really wanted to. Um, but I don't think Hayes will be too too unhappy with a second half performance because, you know, got the job done.
0: Yeah, I felt given that obviously they had the international break, they trained only on Friday and a bit on Saturday, then go into a stadium where they haven't won in open play in six years until today to come away with 3-0. Um, I think everyone's going to be very pleased. And obviously that final goal came in the last minute with you know, a wonderful Jesse Fleming cross, straight onto the head of Bethany England who scored a great header. Dane, that was a reminder of what both players can do because neither got the start, but they made their impact moment, didn't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I remember it start. I think it started by good play by Neve Charles and she 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 done a nice little pass to Sophie Ingle a little dink over to the wing to, to to Fleming. You know, that's a great ball, you know, really good positional play by Bethany to to put herself in between. I think it was uh it was Greenwood wasn't it and white, yeah. She put herself in between then, but she still got to finish the header. You know, it's so easy for people to sit at home to think, Oh, it was on a plate for her, but it was her positioning that, that made it and, and the great cross by Fleming that made it look like to the naked eye it was on the plate. And you know, she put it away from the goalkeeper. I thought the keeper better after the mistakes we talked about, she, she made some good saves and she kept out Kerr in the first half. Aaron, you know, that's some great play for Erin who, who nearly put the game to bed, uh, three nil, but yeah, she, she was, she was, she was, she was nowhere near the goal and Bethany England. Yeah. It's a great, you know, we've been seeing it for years. You know, it's probably the harshest striker in world football. Who's got, you know, Sam Kerr, Frank Kirby and Peniel Harder above her. And, uh, you just got to admire her. That you know she sticks in there. She's probably a great teammate. It turns up to training. Do you know what I mean? She always gives everything. And uh, you know, whenever she scores, you're so pleased for her because she's such a, an ultimate professional. Real fans, real opinions.
0: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chels! footballferncast.com Yeah, if you're part of our Patreon, you can listen to our interview with Beth's mum, Lisa, where she talks about her attitude and you know what she's had to battle for in life to get to where she is. And she's still battling now. So it's no surprise to those that have listened to that interview that um, she's doing what she's doing. Um, if you sign up to our Patreon, you can hear that anytime. little plug there. Good work, Dane, feeding that one in like that professional. Um, so that obviously full-time Manchester City nil Chelsea free, as we said, the first win at the Academy Stadium in six years within 90 minutes, which means that we will be playing in the FA Cup final on Sunday, the fifth of December, at Wembley against Arsenal. We won 3-0 today against Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh I'm gonna go back with some reflections of the game. Harry, you work sort of with stats and analysis of football a lot more than myself and Dane, but this fluid choke that we're seeing, the back three, the back four, the back five, this is really complex stuff, isn't it, that they're doing within game situations and that should be really exciting for supporters of Chelsea, shouldn't it? They're putting off tactical stuff to this level.
2: Yeah, I think, um, like I said, maybe a little bit of a slow start um, in today's games, sorting it. Um, But once... You know, Chelsea have been playing back three for what, a couple of months now, like consistently. So they're still trying to get to grips with that in the first place. Um, and again, we spoke about it on the talking tactics pod. I think we all we all agreed that we should, you know, stick with a back three for the time being. But I think um, with the quality we have in the in in the squad and the players, like we that if we could set out. Um, the team like we did against man city and have have the options to be more fluid. Um, it means that you can make the changes in game without having to actually like make substitutions. So say if, if we'd gone to go down, um, the, you know, the resources were there. The players were there for Hayes to make a change in game. If she needed to, to make us more attacking without wasting a sub, um, and I, th- I think, you know, it's early doors. Um, and I think probably, you know, I won't get into it too much now. But you probably need some some different players to make it work fully. But I think it's a, it's a good blueprint um, f- for the future.
0: Yeah, Dane. I think the fact that you know we're sitting there discussing what is this formation when the lineup drops, and it doesn't help that Chelsea keep putting it in numerical order. Um, please stop that um but the fact that we can't decipher it makes it difficult for opposition managers to do the same so that must be a positive mustn't it
1: yeah it's a positive i really liked what harry said but you know within that first 11 he's got the resources to uh to change formation and move people around without having to make a substitute That's that's a great point but it is it keeps us all guessing it keeps the managers guessing the players guessing we talked Harry mentioned earlier, you know, Aaron with her uh, four fingers, you know, again, it makes you think something or they come on with a fake piece of paper with instructions on you. you think, oh, they're changing something here. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's uh, It keeps us all guessing. It gives, gives us something to talk about. I would actually like to mention uh, Anne Ketchenberger, who, although, you know, busy in that second half, but not having much to do, you know, for that 90 second minute save was amazing for someone who could have easily been a little bit cold, a little bit thinking about, I'll be having a nice warm shower in a minute, uh, the game's over and to be on her toes and to save that was, was
0: was outstanding
1: and showed a world-class capability
0: Yeah, she does love a world-class save at the Academy Stadium as we saw last season and again today, when even when it didn't really matter she pulled it out of the bag um, Let's talk about Anik Nguyen next then Harry, she came in today I think when she played against Leicester we said we want to see her against a better opposition City are a better opposition, despite the fact that they had two statues up front, but a good performance from her?
2: Yeah, but um, like I said, I think maybe towards the end of the second half, sorry, first half, there may be one or two moments, literally in the space of like two minutes, where um, she looked a bit shaky. It was the the ball where I think she was looking in front of her, but she didn't see the run behind her. Um, and then she had to make like a last ditch sliding clearance, but dealt with it fine, and then a a miss hit clearance. But apart from those two, and that's just me being, you know, nitpicky. I think it was a really um accomplished performance. She looked comfortable. She looked like she had been in that back three all season. And I think her presence in the in the team also made Bright and Ericsson look more comfortable again. Um And I think I don't want to push Carter out right now, but I think that does need to be the back three that Emma Hayes is aiming for going forward.
0: Yeah, Dane, did she do enough for you in this game? And obviously she did well against Leicester as well to suggest that the end is, is here for Jess Carter in the back three. It is
1: harsh, I think. Jess, as as that to learn a new position, we all know she's a midfielder. Uh, obviously, she came in last year for Marin Melder. Horrible injury. It'd be lovely to see Marin back soon. And she she did really well at, at right back. And I thought she did well early on in this season, playing in the centre of of the free. And when Enik Nguyen did start about four games ago, I thought it'd be harsh to 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 to, to push Jess out. Straight away, and I still think you know she, she 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 she's got a a role to play. You know whether it is right wing back, whether it is in, in the back three, or maybe I doubt I doubt of being sent to midfield unless there's injuries. But I really like Annick Newen in this team. Uh, she, the potential we could always see. You know, as I said, she she she, she she's played so well this season. She, you know, she's a unit. You know, she's she's solid. She can, you know, spray the ball around, you know, a good good header of the ball, apart from, you know, I said earlier, I thought she should have scored. Very similar to Millie, I think. Uh, The same sort of players. And yeah, I I really like her in this team. And it would be hard not to play her regularly now, I think.
0: Yeah, I think like Harry said, the fact that it felt like Millie and Magda weren't babysitting her. She was playing Good her point, game yeah. and they knew she was doing that. And I think especially Magda with Jess is sort of worrying what's going on with Jess. And we saw that for the Juventus goal uh, in the Champions League when we last played. She had no idea what's going on behind her because she's so focused on what Jess is doing with her player. Um, let's talk about Jess Carter then. Lined up today at right wing back facing Lauren Hemp. Harry Lauren Hemp's fantastic. Great player, young player of the year. Was Jess really that bad or was, was Lauren that good?
2: I think um, Lauren Hemp will make any any right back look look like she's had a bad day. But I think, like Dane said a couple, um, a couple of times earlier, you know, Carter held her own for most of the first half. It was only once we sat back that um, Hemp started having having more luck. I think... I think whoever we played in that position was always gonna have a tough game. Like even if we had a fully fit squad to choose from, you know, if we had a, a specialist wing back, if if we had someone like even Hannah Blundell, like if she was still here, if we had her playing, I think she'd have had a tough game. I think it's just hemp gives whoever she's facing a tough 90 minutes and Jess held her own for for most of the game. So I think we've got a commander for for the good that she did.
0: Do you agree with that? I think Hemp had her on toast for, for 90 minutes. And the fact we was able to close Minnie Bright up with her. So when she beat, she beat her once, I think in the, in the second half, she got past Jess, but Minnie Bright just closed her out and mm-hmm. uh, Berger picked up the ball. Where, what's your thoughts on the performance? I think, would would Erin have been beaten that many times if she was playing right wing that?
1: I think Harry's right. I think, you know, this is a world-class talent. As we, I said earlier, Emma said after the game, she's world-class, you know, world-class players always, always get in positions or, or always have moments in a game. You know, it's an away fixture. I thought, you know, our back three started a little bit slow the first 50 minutes but I thought as I said earlier Jessica grew into the game and was pushing Kemp back in the first half she had a bit of a a torrid 15-20 minutes of the second half but whether she recovered or, or Lauren Hemp's shoulders just dropped because you know we already said you know none of the other strikers were doing much if she had found uh, one of the other strikers, and they'd scored, or she'd made lots of chances for them, and she'd scored herself. We might have been more critical of, of Jess Carter's uh, uh, performance, but as you know, she 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 could have had a torrid ninety minutes. Jess Carter, I think she had uh, a worry in twenty minutes, but as I said, the, the last twenty five minutes, it was either either down to Lauren or just think, well, you know, two three nil. Nothing's happening for us. Uh, but we, I suppose we, we've got to see the positives. And in the first half, up against the talent of Lauren, I thought she, she did hold her own. Uh, Lauren's so good. You know, like Harry said, you know, it could be any right right wing back. Uh, we've got so much confidence in, in in Aaron Cuff, but you wouldn't be surprised if she kept someone of of Lauren's higher standards quiet. But that's that's a debate that we will never know. Uh yeah, you can see it, Eve. I've always said, you know, my eye will tell me uh, something different to what yours, Dean, or yours, Harry. And I didn't think Jess overall was, you know, I thought it was a maybe a generous seven. Uh, it was a clean sheet. She was part of the defence. So they'll be well happy with that.
0: Yeah, I suppose at the end of the day, Lauren Hemp's got no goals, no assists. So technically, Jess Carter's done her job and Chelsea have won. Uh now, it wouldn't be a Went to Moking podcast if we didn't talk about Penina Harder, despite the fact that she did not play today. Um, Harry, is it telling that there was no goal involvement from Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby without Penina Harder on the pitch? Yes and
2: no. Um, I think Kerr, uh, we can, I guess, look at the, you know, the fact that she came back from the international break you know, obviously she, she only had, what was it, 58 minutes in her. And she only had one chance. Um, I think I've, I've said quite a few times on Twitter, you know, she needs, time Kerr needs like three or four one-on-ones before she actually scores one. For someone who scores so many goals, that's not, surprisingly, that's not her strength. Um, but then I think that's probably where Harder comes in, you know, because she can play the neat passes around the box when she wants to and when she needs to, and the little flicks that, that Kerr can get into to better positions. Um, but also, I, I just think Kerr and Kirby didn't need to be at their best. You know, I think it was good to see as a whole that the team can, can score without Kerr, Kirby or Harder, being involved in any in, in goals and obviously Harder not being involved in the game at all.
0: Yeah, I think we're absolutely right. Dane, for me, obviously Harder is our most important player. Um, the three at the back accentuates everything she's very good at. But we didn't need her today. Is that a sort of statement of how bad things are with City at the moment? That The fact that we didn't need our three top players to beat them comfortably 3-0? They're both, a bit of
1: both. Uh, yeah, you know, we can't hide from the fact that Man City have got some some horrible injuries at the moment, uh, some suspensions that are keeping a lot key players out. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's good for us that we've, as Harry said, we've proved we can score without them, uh, you know, Cuffber has come in and done, you know, if you'd look at... Uh, how Harder would play. You know, Harder could have got a goal, would have set up a couple of chances, could have got another goal. Exactly, Cuthbert's game today. You know, she set up a couple of chances. She looked dangerous. She scored. She could have scored again. Exactly what we'd expect from Harder. Uh, I, I like the balance the three brings. I think Kirby and, and Harder are forwards, whether Kerr is an out-and-out striker. Like, like Harry also alluded to, she, she does like to miss a one and one but I think she is an instinct striker i uh, probably said before, having played football myself at uh, a fairly decent level, those one-on-ones play tricks with your mind because you have got quite a bit of time and you think, I'm going to go left, I'm going to go right, and I'm going to dink, I'm going to go around the keeper. And this is like one of the best strikers in the world. So if that's a little me on, on, on Sunday or Saturday level, and this is Sam Kerr having the same sort of problems. She's she a, she a world-class instinct striker. Uh, Bethany England, again, a striker. But, yeah, like Harry said, it's so nice to see, the, you know, a goal shared around. And uh, Sam, who I think it was only on Tuesday night, was 10,000 miles away in, in Western Sydney. Could have just, like, to an extent, strolled through the game. Uh, Kirby was a little bit more involved. But, yeah, it, it's great that, that other players are involved and, and get on, a, on the score sheet.
0: Yeah, in, in Sam's defence, um, she was suffering with jet lag. I think we saw her on Instagram quite a lot. Her just asleep. In, in Uh so we'll give her off—not an off day, but a, a no contribution day—to her on this occasion. Um, Emma Hay said, "On a little harder, actually. I just spoke to her on the phone. She's so happy. She was said she was calm in the game. I think it would have been a bit further on in the season we might have taken the risk, but we're not going to do that now." It's interesting, Harry, because this, despite it not being further on in the season, this was still an FA Cup semi-final. So the fact that Emma didn't take that risk does it speak volumes of what we see last season's competition as or where she sees City as
2: I think it although it is last season you do need to um like stats wise I look at it as last season but you've got to just look at it um I guess on the calendar you know it's a game being played in in October you need to think about what's you know, the game that's being played next week against Aston Villa and then the Champions League games when that comes back in. Um, I think we've got quite a busy period now coming up to Christmas. So, yeah, like you said, if we can, if that Hayes that Man City aren't in a good good position right now, um, you know, I think she'd rather harder miss this game than miss Man City in a couple of weeks where you know, they might have a couple more, more of their um, first-team players back. Um, so I think, it, like, to answer your question, it's, it's a bit of both. You know, I think she's she's taking, taking this game in isolation, but you, you do have to, like, even um, putting Lauren Hemp, talking so much about Lauren Hemp, putting Lauren James on the bench, you know, with no intention of playing her at all. You know, would she she do that in in a WSL
0: game? I don't think so. Say yeah. Yeah, a good transition into Lauren James then, on the bench uh, for the match day experience. uh, Emma Hayes obviously spoke about it after the game. Uh, This is from... Amy Ruzakai on Twitter. Sorry if I pronounce her name no, wrong. Not good at pronunciations. Uh Emma Hay says Lauren James and Marietta will play Academy game on Wednesday. Says James wasn't going to be in the squad, but with Clilla Harder not involved. She asked James if she wanted to come along. She said yes immediately and went home to get her kit. Uh Dane obviously a good sign that Lauren James in the match day squad, not ready yet, but the fact that she wants to be involved, all positive going forward for Chelsea.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a hot and cold moment, wasn't it, when we first saw her, she was announced on the bench. Uh, I was saying to Harry Offair, similar to Maren Milder a couple of weeks ago, it confused me because I was not aware if 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 uh, Lauren had actually played any minutes behind closed doors. Uh, so we, we was all hot for it, and then when <laughs> in in the pre match interviews, uh, Emma Hayes no put us in our places and said no she's there's no chance she's coming on so then that was the cold moment uh, but it's been a long time coming uh we're all excited for her we obviously all know her connections to Chelsea having trained with, with Chelsea as a youngster uh, and and being a uh, brother Reese James playing for the men's so yes yeah, a long time coming we're all excited she's a great young age She's got all the attributes to go to go so far in the women's game. Uh, if you what I've seen of her, uh, she's got a bit of all out all our forwards uh and it's exciting times. Hopefully she can get minutes soon, and that would enable her to 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 come off the bench and you know and start showing showing why Chelsea and Emma has put so much faith into her.
0: Yeah, Harry, a positive step that they're gonna play for the Academy. Obviously, they can be on the bench for the FA Cup in the Champions League because you can get Obviously nine subs are not taking up a you know an active player spot. They're just sort of filling the bench. Um, but things moving in the right direction for Lauren. Are you excited about what she's gonna to bring to this team?
2: Yeah, very um first of all, I'll be excited to not have Manchester United fans in the mentions saying, Oh, where's Lauren James? Where's Lauren James? Okay. You spent you, you, know, you chased her all summer while you're not playing her. But also, yeah, no, it's it's good to see her finally. So close to um to playing. I think, you know, even before she signed when we were were chasing her, there are there were and there probably are still questions, not of her quality, but how much time is she going to get on the pitch, you know, where she, because of the quality that's already in the first team, you know, who might she displace? Um, but I think if we look at her maybe more like Jesse Fleming in the, the first season's going to be maybe in the first two seasons, because we're not seeing Fleming too much even now, but it's going to be slowly building her into the team to wait for, you know, probably when Sam Kerr leaves, you know, whenever she does, you know, when, when you move on some players, then it'll be about Lauren James. So I think now I'm excited. Like they said, I think she's, she, she is a brilliant player, um, one of the best young players in the WSL. And she she really shone last um, in her first season in the WSL um, for that Manchester United side that were actually, you know, they were good or they were decent for a team that had just come up. And I think she was one of their best players that season. She had a bit of a rocket time last season with the rest of the team but I think now that she's you know she's got Emma Hayes you know she's under Emma Hayes' wings and look at who she can learn from in the Chelsea team I think I think she'll thrive and I'm really looking forward to seeing her in the first team when, when that time does come
0: Yeah Dan you want to come in?
1: Yeah so unless I've you know I know I'm very busy but unless I've stupidly missed Sam Kerr has not signed a new contract has she? No, and no, she's out of contract at the end of the season,
0: yeah. And we won't talk about what we're expecting to happen, but I think there's going to be a lot of changes at King's Meadow in the summer. And this is a, a discussion for another pod, but there are you know several players coming through, you know, at young ages like Cuthbert, Fleming, Lauren James, where mm. there is going to be some transition, but like I said, that is a talk for another pod. Uh, so then
1: you could—that's that's what I'm alluding to. Then, as, if, if Sam would have told them in the summer she wasn't signing a new contract, then you could have seen this as a bed and in season for Lauren, and she, there'll, there'll be a slot opening next season. I don't know if Sam, you know, wants to go back to the dub of the N, uh, NWSL in, in, in America. I know she's she, she's in a relationship with 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 one of Muir's sisters over there, so. Then, then you can see why, you know, this uh, uh, slot will be opening for Lauren and if if Sam is uh, is unfortunately off at the end of the uh, season.
0: Yeah, things can always change. So we'll wait and see what happens um, with that. Um, that's all I've written down. So i just going to open up the podcast to you, or Harry. Anything else on the game that well, we I'd haven't like touched on you want to talk about? Yeah, I'd like to add...
2: A-
1: I don't know how he wants to add, you know, I've, I've always said to I always like to look at the opposition and, uh, uh, you know, give my thoughts on, on what I've seen, you know, and, you know, we've mentioned obviously Lauren Hemp, you know, uh, she always impresses me, dangerous player, you know, I think she was their star player, a couple of special mentions, actually, I think a bit harsh actually on Caroline Weir, I think she had a good 20 minutes after the second half as well. She was trying things. She was running with the ball and maybe her, her shoulders dropped in the second or third winning. I was also quite impressed with Kira Walsh. I thought she uh, had a good hour. I thought she screened the defence well. Overall, good positioning. She had a good tactical eye for a pass and and a tackle. And I was quite surprised. I thought she was one of the better players uh, in a defensive way, obviously. I thought she she screened the the, the uh, patched up defence quite good. I was quite surprised when they took her off after six seven minutes for the uh, ex Barcelona player Lasada. I think came on. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to uh, like, you know like to mention the opposition and and I thought Hemp was outstanding, but I thought Kira
0: Walsh played well as well. Yeah, in the in the preview, Harry, we spoke to Dave and Jane from the Manchester City Women's Supporters Group. Um, it, the vibe I got was this game was probably too soon for City to be competitive, and that proved to be the case, didn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dane's picked out a couple of players there, um, on top of Hemp, and I think, you know, they had they had their good players, but it was the the other seven or eight that that really let them down. We've spoken about it, them already, but White and Shaw, you know, going into the game. I'm always quiet. I wouldn't say pessimistic, but I like to keep my hopes down, you know, just just a little bit. Um, And I had it in my mind that, you know, this was the game that Ellen White was going to, you know, start banging them in for Man City again because she hasn't been doing that this season, but she's been scoring for England, you know, a a bit like Harry Kane on the men's game, you know, he's not doing anything for Tottenham outside of the Conference League. Um but for England he's he's coming up Trumps. Um so I was maybe worried the wrong worried's the wrong word. I was cautious of you know her using us as, as her, you know starting block to to really kick her season up. But I don't even think we needed to nullify them. They were just for yeah. lack of a better word rubbish <laughs> was it yeah. our back free though because i i thought our
1: you know we we've praised all our back free. i don't think Magdalene erickson gets enough praise she quietly goes a, along her job you know putting out fires you know, on that left side of the defense and i thought all three was was, was pretty much outstanding and that's led us to obviously criticize uh Shaw and, and and ellen white and but I can't, you know, obviously you, you you have the odd slip as as we mentioned with, with Nguyen, but all three of them, you know, apart from the first ten minutes, all three of them looked so commanding. And I thought it was one of Melanie Lupo's best games as well. Loved how much space and ground she covered, commanding in areas, tackling, pressing. And as 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 Harry said earlier, that 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 goal she scored, yeah, it was it was it was um, we can complain it was whether it was the goalkeeper's fault, but she wanted that ball more on the edge of the box. Oh, I don't know who, who, who she challenged on the edge of the box, but she, want, she wanted it more. Uh, and and she, won, she won that battle, then, then, then got the luck and, and put it in. I thought she had, a, she had an amazing game, Melanie.
0: Yeah, I think if you compare White and Shaw with Kirby and Kerr for the game, Kirby and Kerr will make things happen for Chelsea, whereas Shaw Absolutely, and White yeah. need it to be done for them. Mm-hmm. And then they're there to finish. That's their job. And the fact that it was only Lauren Hemp played into Chelsea's hands, lovely. And as Harry said, City were rubbish and long may that continue. I'm loving <laughs> watching it. Can't get enough of it. Keep it going. Gareth I tell you, you're doing a great job. Um, and hopefully in a couple of weeks, it's still the same. Um, and we have an equally um, straightforward afternoon at the Academy Stadium. Uh, Harry, one last chance for you add anything that we haven't touched on about this game.
2: Just, just a message to Emma Hayes. You know, we know she's listening. Start Jesse Fleming, please.
0: Yeah, second. That, that's, that's it. Yeah, a, a a pretty good message. Dane, obviously, you want to get the last word in, as always. Yeah,
1: I, I, there's something I I asked you earlier, which I've noticed in the women's game. If this is a semi final, then why was it played at Man City's uh, ground, which? I can't seem to find uh, the answer to <laughs> I thought it should be neutral. Not that it made a difference because it was a obviously it was a nice ground for us today and and, and we've gone about our business in in a professional and uh, an amazing way for us and for all the fans that for for, for traveled up there. But yeah, I can't seem to find out why it wasn't played at a neutral ground.
0: Yeah, answers on a on a postcard because um none the wise I think like you said, it should be neutral because it gives the home side probably gave Arsenal a very unfair advantage this afternoon against uh, mm. Brighton. Uh, maybe if that's played somewhere else, it's a more even, evenly contested game. And who knows? It's it's women's football, so it's probably money. That's it's probably, probably this the is, well, it is it is yeah. still last
1: season's <laughs> FA Cup, isn't it? So maybe yeah. it was just too short to sort it out, and they just want to get it, get it done, get it over and done with, and get on to this season's FA Cup.
0: Yeah, exactly. The finals at Wembley. Um, Sunday the 5th of December, as we said. Uh, Dan, you hoping to be there, Harry, as well?
2: Yep, I'll be there. I'm going to hopefully join where the the large portion of Chelsea supporters will be. Hopefully getting in on that.
0: Yeah, I know the supporters group are going to work on some sort of ticket uh, group booking. Um, Don't ask them right now, because we've only just got through, Uh, Mm -hmm. is my message for them. Uh, But Dan, obviously, several trips to Wembley with Chelsea men's team. Uh, it would be a first experience for myself for the women's team, but um, an exciting trip in December. So it don't normally happen for Wembley, yeah. Yeah, I did the
1: FA Cup final when we beat uh Arsenal 3 uh, 1. unfortunately, off my head, I'm sure I'm out of the country on the 3rd of December, so this one's gonna skip me by, I think. Which is a shame because again, you know, we, I know we're in we're in October, but I just didn't click that the FA Cup final would be a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Obviously, mm. you think May, uh, stupidly, but that would be this season's one. And as we as I just said, this is last season's FA Cup that they're trying to get in and get done quickly. Yeah, I think I think I'm out of the country, which is a a, a damn shame. So you'll have to uh, take the uh, went to Mo Kings Meadow support you and Jane and uh, cheer them on for me.
0: Yeah, we'll get a cardboard cutout made. <laughs> and then we'll take that along, stick it in a seat. Um, and if we lose, we'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> long, one last thing then the player of the match vote, um, from Chelsea FC Women's Twitter account is still open. You've still got 17 hours and 21 minutes left to vote, um, if you're so inclined. At the moment, Aaron Cuthbert has 50 of the vote ahead of Melanie Lewis on 31, Anik Newen on 12, and Sophie Ingall on 7. So, there's that, as we said earlier. Cuthbert, player of the match, well deserved. Uh, sadly, that's all we've got time for for this week's episode. We'll be back on around Thursday slash Friday to preview the return to WSL action against Aston Villa. Um, so make sure you look out for that. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to sign up to our Patreon. You'll hear this podcast there first before you hear it on Apple, Spotify, ACast, or wherever you're listening to this episode. So if you want to be on, in on the action before anyone else, you need to become a Patreon for that. Um don't forget we've got our Discord as well where we chat during the games. We do that more than Twitter. Um, there's lots of great people in there, lots of great chat is where I get most of the ideas for talking points for the show. So it makes me seem very clever, but in fact everyone else does the work for me. Uh, and we've got our newsletter stuff; everything's in the description uh, of the episode. So if you want to be more involved, that's the place to go. Uh, Dane, great to see you again. Uh, what a great win to talk about!
1: Yeah, really enjoyed today. As I said, I'd love to come into the Discord group, but I'm always like sitting there with a notepad and pen, making notes just in case me. Uh... Remember, doesn't, he doesn't take it all in. Uh, but yeah, no, really enjoyed it. It's lovely to have Harry on. Had him I, I was shared a show of him briefly before, but it's nice to get his insight and he made some good points. And yeah, really enjoyed because I missed the last show uh last week. So it was nice to be on. him. as I said, after a great win against Man City, it was really enjoyable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, I missed Harry in the talking tactics episode that he was on, so I heard it, it was so good I had to get Harry back on and witness it for myself in the in the virtual flesh. Uh, but Harry, great to have you back on. Um, thanks. Again, thanks for having me a second time. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a third and a fourth and even a fifth as well. We'll push the boat out that far. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as the fees don't rise too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, like we said, that is it. Thank you for listening. But until next time, Chelsea fans. From Kings Meadow to Wembley on the 5th of December when we take on Arsenal in the FA Cup final. Keep the blue flag flying, right?